Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality, sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chinookie. We acknowledge the Satuna, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. James, thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome, dude. Tell, so, take us away. You just want me to tell your story? story? Yeah. So I'm terrible at meetings for okay. <laughs> um, not saying what I want to say, and then after being like, ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Got some notes? Yeah, I, I, wrote, I wrote out the, the story. So Okay, right on. Um, feel free to interject. Any, any. I have, if you're okay with that, I will, for yeah. sure. I'm sure there'll be times where I want to. Yep. Uh, so, I'm James, alcoholic addict. Mr. James. <laughs> uh, like Tap it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like my dad and his dad before him. Little Star Wars joke. <laughs> Excellent. Yep. It was passed on from generation to generation. Yeah. So, at least in my case, the, the argument of alcoholism is nature or nurture. It definitely seems more nature. Mm. Um. Uh, without too much detail, my father got sober when I was like five-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen him drink. Um, after I found the program, I could see how heavy the the program was on his influence, mm. his fathering. Yeah. Especially with honesty. Mm. So he's still sober, still quite active. Um, I'm definitely very lucky to be his son. Right on. His dad didn't make it. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the whole story. Uh, I know he tried to get sober. He has a, like a tag from when he went to rehab. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the damage was done at that mm. point. Oh, man. Yeah, it made a huge difference for me having my dad around for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he passed away about a year before I was born. Mm. So I never got to meet him. Okay. Um, so I, I have very little memory of my life before coming to Cochrane at five. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, little things, falling down a slide, falling downstairs, a big backyard, and uh, being made to dress up as a girl. So, oh. usually just not good things. <laughs> <laughs> Who made you dress up like a girl? Um, <clears throat> it was um, like a neighbor's kid. <clears throat> okay. I think. Thought maybe it was like an older sibling or a cousin or something like that. I, I don't really remember. I just remember sitting in a dress and being like upset about it. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing was certain, my, my dad had introduced me to uh, video games at a young age. Um, 
Uh, so I, I felt like I've always kind of been seeking like escapism mm. in some form or other. Yeah. Um, and they they stuck around, and uh, maybe maybe it was just the instant gratification they gave, mm-hmm. but they they clicked very heavily. Um, coming here, I was always uh, the short kid and shy in school. Um, I usually did really well though, uh, particularly math. Uh, the friends I made also liked video games. And um, was really how we bonded for the most part. Mm-hmm. We did other things like play kick the can, kids stuff, mm-hmm. but a lot of video games for yeah. sure. What, um, were you, what were you all playing back then? Um, I I remember playing like Metroid. Uh, okay. They had N sixty four, so like James mm-hmm. Bond. Oh, Goldeneye. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't have that system though. Um, yeah. I had a lot of Game Boy. We played a lot of Diablo two. Mm. A lot of Diablo two. Okay. Um, I like video games, so I'm always <laughs> curious, right? Yeah, Sorry. I still do. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but there's always that sense of uh, needing to prove myself. I felt being short. Um, that one of the ways I could do that was in school and at the video games. Uh, they were the things I was good at, and I, I felt like I was trying to excel at. Um, and I was, I was acting out in class as well in young ages. I remember in third grade, being kicked out of a math test for singing Plug It In, that old uh, commercial. <laughs> the whole song? No, I just hum it. And then, <laughs> like, I, I, comical story of me being kicked out, being let back in, like, you're not going to do it again. I say, no, of course, and I do it again. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I, I remember not being challenged enough in math at that mm. point. Maybe I was, who knows? Acting out or something? Yeah, just a kid. Um, so my parents tried to get me into hockey at 10. My my mom was an avid no hockey fan, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for the kids at least. And um, they clicked very much right away for my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, not for me. I only played one year and was done. Uh, I joined a rec league that was like 10 to 13, mm-hmm. and I was very short. <laughs> yeah, And I got a... Pushed around a lot. Hmm. And I didn't do very well. Um, Would have been tough to learn in that environment, too. Yeah. I mean, we had skating lessons, so I could at least do that, but mm. I was not very good at the hockey. We joked that I got my, my one goal, and I was done. Yeah. Well, right on. At least <laughs> yeah. you got one. Yeah. There's lots of us never got any, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, So after that, I, I really retreated back into books and video games, stuff mm-hmm. I knew. My re- younger brothers, though, uh, hockey became like full-time for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and stuck very heavily. Um, and I felt definitely at times that my parents' attention was uh, large on them and mm-hmm. not on myself. And maybe there's some um, sense of isolation there. And... Um, you know, they, I felt like they didn't have time for me, but really, they saw how well I was doing school and, like, don't have to worry about him mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. I can see that now, but yeah. as a kid. They could just kind of let you take care of yourself kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I definitely felt a little on the outside mm. um, and isolated. Um, and then we switched schools when I was young as well, in middle school. Uh, that didn't help, and I had to make new friends. And um, looking back, I definitely got bullied a little bit by them. 
being uh, short. Mm. Um, and the friends I did have, we just kind of lost contact for a couple of years. Um, and then in high school, things changed. Uh, still playing games, but I had a, a little bit of a rap for being good at a cooler game at the time. Mm. Uh, Guitar Hero. Okay, right on, man. <laughs> yeah. That was popular. Um, and I somehow found myself uh, with what I considered the popular kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was bonding again through video games, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then alcohol came in not long after. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, going to a party and having a six packs of mics. Um, I don't remember the party, <laughs> uh, <laughs> except for like a, just being drunk on a trampoline. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember being definitely a part of and mm-hmm. part of the cool grit kids. Yeah. Um, I didn't really drink for the rest of high school. Okay. After that. Um, it wasn't soon after, though, that my friend um, introduced me to marijuana. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was really my drug of choice, for sure. Um, but I still remember the first time, the coughing, the feelings, what we did. Um, I just remember feeling like life was elevated and better. Yeah. And a lot of like fear was just gone. Um, so all my friends used... We would hang out more, uh, play games, and smoke. Mm. Uh, we used to say about the, this was around grade 11, that the, there was kids in the, the 12th year that smoked every day. We thought they were losers. Um, and of course, by 12th year, we were all smoking every day. <laughs> um, we would go get high on our like little breaks during school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then get McDonald's. Uh, which is really funny for myself, at least in the, the rooms here, you hear about the Mount all the time mm-hmm. and the spiritual pe- experience people have there. And I was getting high down the street in high school. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I also had a spiritual experience there. <laughs> well, it is something. Yeah. Sometimes it can mimic it, right? Yeah. Or maybe open the door for it. Yeah. Maybe more of a joke, but yeah. Um, That's pretty funny. It's, though, it's, it's definitely every time I hear someone's great experience. There's yeah. always like a sense of irony for, <laughs> for me there. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, so the, that sense of ease I got was, it went away pretty quickly. Uh, I was still definitely the shy guy in the group. Um, and I, I definitely drifted very quickly mm-hmm. after starting to use. There was a bit of... Um, maybe struggling with sexuality at the time. And that was definitely the uh, everything negative is gay mm. uh, part of uh, my, my childhood. Yeah. And um, I remember that too. It was not yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, di- I didn't know what I was mm-hmm. at the time. And I, I definitely felt um, a little more alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they moved on from the games, but I didn't. Um, I was playing a lot of WoW at the time, and it was definitely easier to make friends with mm-hmm. these people online, and my old middle school friends were playing. Yeah. Um, but the drugs stayed around, and I was using um, every day. And it was, it was pretty much always by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I finished high school, uh, good grades, 
Um, I barely tried. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, One of those smart dudes, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm only good at math, really. <laughs> um, and I got into school, and I went to the, the furthest one I could find that I knew no one else was going to. Um, like I really just wanted that, that fresh start, I remember mm-hmm. feeling like that. Um, I didn't really have any interest in going. It was more please the parents kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so I, I definitely didn't care, and I went, and uh, I barely tried, barely went to class. Um, I only really played a lot of games, and then on the weekends, uh, we would drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have access to, to pot that first year as well, but I was still uh, fairly isolated most of the time. Except for when we were drinking. Um, and my drinking was almost exclusively uh, blackout every time. Um, especially with there's no other drugs, so it was like almost guaranteed blackout. Mm-hmm. Um, so my routine was I'd, I'd play games through the week, uh, then obliterate myself on the weekend, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and how old were you at this time? Uh, 18. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty quick, eh? Yeah. Very quick. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, being blackout, I don't know, like, mm-hmm. most of the things I did. Um, there's some instances... That makes for an easier step four. Yes, I'm not gonna it does. Lie to you. <laughs> it does. I always feel like, uh, when I do my... I talk about step, um, four, but more, uh, the immense part. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember falling over like a stair railing once and someone mm-hmm. caught me. <laughs> so I put up, I might have died really on that one. Wow. Um, the times. Yeah. Um, and I, I do remember that I would get, um, I would make unwanted sexual advances on people. Mm. Um, nothing like too, too bad really, but I, I didn't like myself for it. Yeah. Like and bad I, pickup lines kind of stuff. Yeah, um, and being but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to like talk, so I'd, I'd just be like more like try and like grab people. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're a grabby. Yeah, <laughs> um, and slurry. <laughs> yeah, sometimes slurry goes with grabby. Yeah, or they kind of interchange. Yeah, I was never successful. I know that at mm. least. Um, and the routine was with I get blackout drunk, and then people would tell me what I did the next day, mm. and. Um, it was always a two-day hangover. And it was, I thought it was a good time, but it was, mm. it was pretty miserable, the, those weekends, being sick all the time. Um, but I didn't really, I remember not caring, because I felt like when I was drinking, they had no consequences. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it, it was fine that I did all these bad things because I was drunk, like, no yeah. one cared. Um, so I didn't, I didn't do well that first year. Um, but I made it, I went back for a second year, mm-hmm. um, and I had a, a good summer job that I, um, definitely abused, um, and I only went back because I had enough money from the job, really. Mm-hmm. Um, that year I had my own room, and I found a, a dealer. Weed, ah. was, weed was still legal. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um. So I spent most of that year pretty much just isolating, getting high, and playing mm-hmm. games. Um, particularly Skyrim. I remember that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely got in trouble a couple times for the the smoking in the dorm. Mm-hmm. Um, they never really caught me, but there's a lot of close calls. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that next summer, I got the the same job, but I got fired from a, a drug test. Mm. Um, and I I didn't care. I just wanted to uh, get high and yeah. lose my soul. Um, and I decided not to go back to school because I didn't have the money, mm-hmm. but really I didn't want to go. Um, so the next, the next couple of years was pretty much just me working, uh, dead in jobs, working, living in my parents' house and getting high all the time. Um, and it became less about getting high and playing the games. I thought that's what I wanted to do was like play mm-hmm. the games at a better state. Mm-hmm. Um, and became more just about getting high. Like I would get just um, high in sterile walls. Mm-hmm. Um, so needless to say, my, my mental state was pretty fucked up. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I was definitely suicidal for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, around that point of like getting very suicidal I stopped smoking for a while um, and I saw a counselor and I got put on some pretty heavy medication and um, I was still drinking a little bit um, and I, I, I remember just like not being happy um, and it was just a pretty miserable time and it's definitely quite alone um, it was so bad at some points I would, I was working, um, a landscaping job mm-hmm. and I, I was afraid to touch exacto knives cause I thought I was going to cut myself. Mm. Um, and then I went to a concert with a friend after a couple months and I got into to pot again. Um, I wanted to be part of, of course. So really the, like the gateway is concerts. That's the gateway. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel... I'm just kidding, man. I'm yeah. just joking. <laughs> yeah. I went to the concert with a friend, and I, I knew he'd smoke, and mm. I, I knew at the time that I wanted to do that again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm just joking. Concerts yeah. are rad. Yeah. <laughs> They're very triggering. Nowadays. They can be very triggering, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, so within a month, I was definitely right back to where I was with using. Mm. Uh, the same amount, if not more. Uh, always isolated. I didn't want to go uh, use with the friends I had because I didn't want them to use my supply. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that last year was just, was miserable. I, I knew how much I was using, and I knew I was an addict. Um, my body was getting more fucked up from it. Mm-hmm. I was coughing up black, like every day, throwing up every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't eat unless I was high, but I didn't want to eat if I was high, because it killed the high. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I dropped below a hundred pounds for a little bit. That's a conundrum, man. Yeah. Um, so every time I tried to cut back in that last year, it was definitely, uh, just failure. Mm-hmm. And then I'd, I'd feel shame over not being able to stop. I'd use more mm-hmm. and it was, um, it, I just kept living that cycle. I felt like, um, and then one morning, my notes disappeared for a second. That's okay, man. Yeah. Uh, I was in bed, 
I was reading a Facebook post about a person who didn't like their pot smoking, all the same feelings that I had felt, mm-hmm. the shame, not enjoying it anymore, the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing was that they were just able to stop. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew I couldn't at that point. Yeah. I knew no matter what I was going to do or say to myself, I was going to use that morning. Mm-hmm. And that was, um, that was scary. And, I, and in my sense, I think it's the most like true step one. I've ever done mm-hmm. is admitting that unmanageability. Sounds like it happened like in your subconscious too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember using that morning and just feeling like a, pretty much a ghost in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what to do. I was very scared. Um, I did know that my dad was sober though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that he went to meetings. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. Um, I knew when, though, because that's when I would get high mm-hmm. a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> you had the schedule. Yep. Every, every Thursday night at 8, eight o'clock, that's yeah. when I'd get high. <laughs> your, the schedule just simply changed on what you were doing. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, so when I hit that breaking point that day, mm-hmm. um, I reached out to him. Um, I just didn't want to use anymore. I said something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, but he was on vacation at the time in Kelowna mm-hmm. and, um, he told me to go to detox the next day and to try and figure it out or not to try and figure it out, but take it from there. Really? Yeah. Um, so I managed to bring myself to the detox the next mm-hmm. morning, but I, uh, I didn't go in. I, um, I thought there was more serious, uh, addictions and afflictions mm-hmm. that I wasn't quite worthy of going in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went home crying and uh, I told my dad I couldn't do it and I, I got high and fell asleep and when I awoke uh, my dad was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he had come, come home uh, on like a quick flight yeah. to come take care of me. Uh, so we, we took, brought me to rehab uh, where he knew a couple of people. We talked and worked something out that I would go there. Um, then the next day, I went back to the detox and um, started my journey. And um, I have been sober ever since, gratefully. Right on, man. Good for you. Yeah. Um, I remember detox was a very strange pace, uh, place. Mm-hmm. It was definitely one of the one of the peaks of the fentanyl crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like nearly everyone was there was like a zombie. Um, like I was as well, but in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite as physically. Yeah. Um, I remember I would, I didn't feel well, but I felt like the fight was over mm-hmm. that I was in the right place. Um, there, there was someone in there. I, I still remember they they said the first thing they were going to do when they get out is go grab their heroin and then kill the guy that had fucking um, ripped them off. Mm-hmm. And I, I was very scared mm-hmm. in this place at the time. Um, but I, I remember also being grateful that I wasn't that yeah. far. Um, I also kind of knew that if I kept going, I'd, I'd be that way yeah. for sure. You figured out the not yet part. Yeah. <laughs> Just not yet. Yeah. 
I remember uh, we did. I did the like, am I an addict alcoholic test mm-hmm. and getting uh, nineteen out of twenty. And yeah. Talking to someone about it there, um, the only one I hadn't done was uh, been to a jail institution, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Look where you are." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, perfect score." All right, man. <laughs> Finally, a perfect score. Yeah. <laughs> You're qualified, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I think the the biggest strength that my recovery, um has is I've, I felt like I've always wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, my time in rehab was with like a lot of people that I, c- I could definitely see did not want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I remember I just, I wanted to not use mm-hmm. so badly. Um, I was willing to do anything. Uh, and I, I did, I did mm-hmm. everything they told me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some some revelations there of like I thought I hated doing dishes from mm-hmm. from past jobs, um, and they made me do dishes three weeks straight, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I, I realized I didn't um, I didn't really actually hate dishes, but I hated um, the feeling the old jobs had imposed that I was like less than. Mm-hmm. Um, It's pretty powerful, man. Like, it's just pretty... I'm just thinking about it. Like, your dad coming back and and just how lucky we are, yeah. right? To have, have those kind of dads. Yeah. Those kind of people in our life. Like, in our lives. Like, that... Because from I've been around a while now and not very many people have that, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm very grateful for yeah. that. And it's hard to uh, to really put into words. Yeah. Um, I get all choked up thinking about it, man. Yeah. Well, I know I wouldn't have been I, sober. I usually do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have been sober if not for my dad. Yeah. yeah. There's no question. Um, so that that lesson was um, mom and dad, but yeah, dad being one of who he was. So that that dishes lesson, I like. I try and be very vigilant these mm-hmm. days and follow my own path, and not let anyone like project their their mm-hmm. stuff onto me. Right on. Um, that to the to my own self be true. Um, is really what I I really mm-hmm. try and do a lot. Well, I think that is our charge, right? Really. We can do nothing for each other, man, unless we take care of ourselves, right? Yeah. Otherwise, we just keep smearing blood on each other. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so in the rehab, uh, we had to hit a a certain meeting limit Mm -hmm. week. Um, And I saw other people stick to their friends and just go where all the cool Mm -hmm. kids were. Um, And I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. I went to, um, I found a meeting where I could relate. I think the the important things is the people there didn't talk about the the joys of sobriety as much, but they were just um, extremely honest with a lot of time, and they were talking about their struggles and how they were working through them today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that honesty just kind of clicked. Right on. Mm-hmm. And it's cool how that happens, eh? When you're in the right spot. Yeah. You know, because you're. It's funny how whatever expectations we might have until we get to that right spot, and then all of a sudden the expectations are gone because mm-hmm. it's like this is the right spot, right? These people are are going to be able to help. Yeah, and then I've always felt even today, um, you see it all the time in the rooms. People like putting on their masks and talking mm-hmm. about how good they are. And, yeah, um, I've never been able to click with that. It's always the struggling person I yeah. I relate to. Me too. And part of for me for is because I've been around a while and I've seen probably like you're you're seeing now as you've seen for the last couple of years, right? A few years? What are you five? Eight. Eight now? Yeah. Holy shit, dude. 
I can't believe how fast time goes by. Anyway. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. Jesus, man. Anyway, congrats. <laughs> yeah. So you've seen it too. You've seen it. Like yeah. it's 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 hard to. We're like we try to like live honest lives and so and try to be authentic so we can see that um, it might not be as authentic, right? Like it just. Hopefully people are doing as well as they, they say. Like, that's what my thoughts are. I'm always like, I just hope you are. Like, yeah. You know, um, not everybody will be, of course, right? Like, I think lots of times when folks come in the rooms, it starts acting like it's uh, Facebook, right? And instead of just talking about what we need to talk about to stay sober, we get into all kinds of other stuff, right? And that's okay. I don't mind that, right? Like, yeah. I've been around, like, yourself long enough to where you can talk about whatever you want. I'll be fine. Like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I, I just want people to be safe. That's really all I care about. Yeah. You know? From my, my point of view is I, I always question, like, why are you, when you see the masks come up, like, mm -hmm. why are you doing this? Like, you're only hurting yourself. Yeah. I've always thought that the, mm -hmm. the strongest thing you can do is admit how weak you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's that uh, victory through surrender, man. Mm -hmm. Which is what this whole thing is about. Mm-hmm. Surrender to just get out of the fucking way. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, I, I did my step five in rehab. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I, I still remember how everyone would talk about how great step five was and how freeing it was mm -hmm. and how great it was. Um, I did not have that experience. Yeah. You were like, <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> um. I remember I felt like I'd pulled out my soul and it was uh, covered in tar mm -hmm. and that's who I was and I hated myself. Mm -hmm. um, that's but, a heavy step, man. It's a yeah. heavy thing. Yeah. Um, and I could not relate, but um, I kept searching for an answer mm -hmm. of what to do next. Um, so I kept talking to person after person after person until I found someone that had, um, had the same experience. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I think the advice was, I can't remember, was, uh, you just need to move on to step six. And I didn't do that at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, that revelation of, oh, I'm not that person. That's just what happens when the, the drugs and alcohol take over. And that's the trouble when we stop. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get to the next part where you start figuring out, oh shit, yeah. wait a minute. That's not me. Uh, so one thing with, uh, my step five is, uh, I definitely got told to not talk about certain things in the rooms, mm -hmm. which is great because I didn't want to talk about them anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the problems was, uh, I took that don't talk about it in the rooms as don't talk about it. Yeah. Um, well, cause honestly, if you don't clarify, it does sound like that. Yeah. Even though it's saying in the rooms, it's like, mm -hmm. yeah. That means people from the rooms too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what ended up happening was like I was able to deal with it at the time, mm -hmm. but um, it soon came back and it stayed trapped in my head for, for years in mm -hmm. sobriety. And sobriety was very early on, very simple for myself. Um, I felt like I didn't do anything special. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I felt like I wasn't doing all that was suggested. Um, I didn't have a sponsor really for my first seven years. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely found it hard to talk one-on-one -on -one with people. Yeah. Um, and I tried sometimes for sponsorship. The first one just fell out. 
the the second one I felt like he was pushing his um, his God and his understanding mm. onto me, and I um, I didn't like that. Yeah. So I, I just kind of stopped talking to him. Nice man, because you have that choice. Yeah. Right. Um. And I felt like I was kind of like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm not doing the program, I'm not doing mm. things, but I was also staying sober, so I felt like it was kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend anyone not get a sponsor. Yeah. But, um, but it's better sometimes maybe to have no sponsor than to have the wrong sponsor. Yeah. I would, right. I would definitely agree on that. Yeah. Because I felt that too through the years, for sure. Yeah. Um, I've definitely had my. Hmm. Uh, like I, I still don't know um, how I've stayed sober. Really, I mean, it's it comes down to I haven't picked up really. Mm-hmm. Um, That's all I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> you've I, done it a hundred percent of the time too. Yeah, right. I felt um, there's been so many people that have had better, stronger programs, more mm. honest, more giving, more more work, especially. Mm. Um, there's all been just as many that have done less work too. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent, if not more. <laughs> I guess that's true. I've, not, I've never thought about that side of the coin. That's what this is all about, right? You see from the middle and you're like, oh, we have all types, right? Some do lots of stuff, but it's all what people need to do. Yeah. Yeah. But I've also seen those people fail. I feel like, For sure. um, and I, I did, I could never figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we said, it's just. I haven't picked up really. Well, and, and see, there's the, it, it depends on what someone defines as success, right? And I think for all of us, man, like it's, it's up to us to define it. Just like it's up to us to figure out what our higher power is, if there is something, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, you can't be told that. Like, that's like being told who you are, right? It's yeah. the same idea. I, I don't think that's the way it was intended anyway, you know? I think it's more intended to figure it out for yourself, right? Just like everything else in recovery. Give yourself that time. Do one thing 100% and that's not pick up. Yeah. Because then James Air, everything else just starts to make some sense. Mm-hmm. Even even though some of it will make sense and it will really piss you off. And that'll be okay too, right? Because yeah. we're allowed to be pissed off, man. We're allowed not to like everything, everyone. We're allowed. Like, not only are we allowed, I think it's probably just more natural, right? To be like, I don't like everything about it, but it doesn't mean I have to put throw it in the garbage, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, one day at a time. Yeah. <laughs> and more will absolutely be revealed. Yeah. We'll come, we'll come back to the, the success stuff later in the story. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I get chatty. At least, at least remind me once I get to uni. <laughs> I'll, I'll try, dude, because okay. I, I get chatty. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the only thing I, I have felt that I've done really well is um, I'm pretty relentless with going to meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been the first couple of years where you, you only go like once or twice a week. But yeah. I've always maintained that at least. And more importantly, I felt that, um, especially not having the sponsor, was uh, I was very, I was at least able to, when I was there, like to shut out mm-hmm. the people and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, not shut out what they're, sh- they're sharing, but um, when I share at least mm-hmm. and just share very honestly about where I'm at yeah, for the most part. Well, and sometimes you got to kind of shut people out, man, so you can get past your own anxiety about stuff, right? And, and yeah. I'm saying that about myself. Like, yeah. it's just a matter of, it's not because you're shutting out what people are saying. It's more shutting out what you think they're thinking about you. Yeah. <laughs> right? As I mean, opposed to other stuff. 
Yeah, I never, uh, I don't think I've ever looked at anybody while I've shared in a meeting. Yeah. Um, I think part of that might be just a, a holdover from when I was high all the time, and I didn't want people to see my eyes. But, oh, yeah, um, that makes sense. But uh, I don't usually make eye contact unless I'm really, like, thinking about somebody in the room. Yeah. And I want them to hear the message. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't usually do that. Yeah. Not in a meeting. Yeah, I usually tell them after, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I rarely think that I have a message for anyone. I just open my mouth and things come out. Yeah. I, <laughs> That's I, what happens. I definitely agree that uh, I think the funniest things is some, sometimes people will say, like, I like what you had to share, and you're like, what did I share? Yeah. <laughs> Was I in the meeting today? Because yeah. I forget that part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Honest luck. Yeah. So I haven't always been the greatest, of course, with uh, that honesty in the meetings. Some things... Um, Wait, you're telling me that you spent some time being dishonest? All right, well, I wouldn't, let's so, hear it. <laughs> I think there's a gap, a gap between... Um, there's honesty in that I don't lie. Yep. And there's um, a different kind of honesty if I'm not being truthful what's mm. going on. Um, gotcha. Omission kind of stuff. Yeah. And one of the, the things that I struggled with in my sobriety was um, I was in a relationship for quite a few years mm-hmm. that I, I just wasn't happy in. Um, and I, I let that sit. I didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what to do, really. Um, and it, it got pretty bad for mm-hmm. my, my mental health. Um, I'm still working through like anxiety and stress today. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've been thinking, like, oh, maybe the relationship wasn't as bad because it was like, it was fine, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe my anxiety just attached onto the idea that I wasn't happy in, mm-hmm. in it. And, uh, it doesn't sound fine to me, though, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it was okay. I, I'm not suggesting the other person's all responsible. But no, no, like they're been... they're a great person. And yeah, we um, we got along quite well. There was yeah. like never any fights or anything. It's just something didn't click. Totally. Yeah, man, I get that. Yeah, Darcy and I were just talking about that before you walked in the door. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about it. Sometimes things like, just don't happen. Yeah, but, but my big problem was I didn't know how to end it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it got so bad the the relationship that um. Like, I tried to end it at one point, but I couldn't let go, and it was, mm-hmm. it was a mess. We went to um, couples counseling, yeah. and it very, very quickly turned into, the problem isn't with this other person. It's just with you, so let's yeah. just move into single counseling. <laughs> um, so your counselor was like, I think it'll just be James this week. Pretty much. Um, but I found that that was very helpful. I could, I could talk very... Mm-hmm. Uh, openly to this person and um, it helped me end the relationship eventually mm-hmm. um, and more importantly I actually got to work through some of the old step five stuff that had stuck around yeah it was um it was living in my head mm-hmm. I was able to uh, forgive myself I felt like right on mm-hmm. that's a pretty important like part of the process yeah and sometimes um, it's out of our control when it happens right yeah and uh, I, I was definitely there's some definitely definite trauma about that. And I've heard time again that uh, the program is great, but sometimes trauma is a little harder to work with. Yep. And um, you might need outside help. Yeah. And, and that was definitely my case. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. Still yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just seeing him again mm-hmm. uh, recently with uh, some of the, the stress problems I've been having. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Good for you. Because if you can stay on top of things, it doesn't have to become a crisis, right? Yeah. Um, so throughout my sobriety, I, I still feel like a loner a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Um, I remember 
when I was in rehab, there was uh, a younger guy. There was there wasn't many younger guys, mm-hmm. um, but this this guy was um, everyone liked him, mm-hmm. um, and when he was working a program, I thought it was pretty good. Um, very fun loving guy, mm-hmm. um, and he had relapsed a couple times, and it was his third trip in there, and he had finished the the rehab, and he did like the the um, the graduation ceremony. Mm-hmm. And I remember so vividly him saying, um, I can't use again because if I do, I'll die. Mm. Uh, he died a week later. Mm. Yeah. What was his name? Uh, Graham. Graham? Yeah. yeah. Another one of our brothers, man. Yeah. Um, it was a, he died alone in his car, I'm pretty sure. Uh, fentanyl. Mm. Um, it was, it was hard on a lot of people, definitely myself. Um, we weren't even that great of friends, but, um, he made um, an impact for sure. Yeah. Uh, there was another friend as well that I had, had in rehab that we, we really, uh, I felt like bonded over like music mm-hmm. and just, um, general attitude, um, that I, I still feel a little guilt over. Um, he, he's since passed on as well. Mm. Um, and he struggled a bit in and out and um i i feel a little bit of guilt because i didn't take him to a meeting one time i got mm-hmm. i uh i flaked out basically um i don't know if i've really forgiven myself for that mm-hmm. but um the point being is i had the, these couple friends um that I passed on and i didn't know how to cope with it mm-hmm. um and maybe i still haven't because i feel like i've never really been allowed to uh, let people in. I'm, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm always keeping people at arm's length, even yeah. still today in the meetings. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's just I just don't want to be hurt again. Yeah, man. Um, Safety. Yeah. But um, it's definitely created like a wall that I'm slowly trying to like... Dismantle. Yeah. For sure, man. Lots um, of times recovery is building walls and taking them down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, there's a good daily about that. I can't remember it. But it's something about uh, starting at the Concrete's lab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to do it again, right? Yeah. It's okay. Um, so my relationship with my, my higher power, I felt, has always been up and down. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I, I kind of felt r- right off the bat when we talked about step two in rehab. Uh, we were trying, our counselor was saying, like, what does this mean to you? And for me, it was... Um, Never that I believed in, like, a God. It was more mm-hmm. admitting that I wasn't God and mm-hmm. that anything could be a higher power if I really wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, and I remember him saying he liked that, so I kind of just stuck with that. Mm. Um, I mean, this has helped so much in my recovery. Uh, like, when I hear people I don't like sometimes in the meeting saying, well, they, they know stuff I, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still something I can learn. Mm-hmm. Um and outside of recovery, just when I'm having problems with work, I can go to something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but le- I, learning continue. Yeah. For sure. But the point was, my I guess, my uh, I struggled with God. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't view higher power as God. It was just anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that's the whole point. It can be anything. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So what I I say is there's tiers of higher power for me. Yeah. And at the top is like God, and then it's like slowly, slowly down. Mm -hmm. And at the bottom, if I'm being very humble, is James. Mm -hmm. It's not always that way, but I couldn't. I can never um, imagine that like highest power. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I can't fathom it either. No, and I've I've definitely found that every time I I try and think about it, it's a very quick path to insanity for James. <laughs> um, I come to terms pretty quick that I don't know yeah. nothing about that. Yeah. Is there something in the unseen? Probably. Yeah. But what is it? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Today I have a, a little more uh, faith in a higher power. Mm-hmm. But in large, I felt like my uh, my faith has been that if I stay sober, things are going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, there's, that's a higher power right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely uh, melded over the years of like uh, less of if I'm working the program, uh, trusting in God, it's all kind of melding mm-hmm. together. Um, so this was important for myself uh, with that faith. Uh, when I, I had about two years in, I was working at Walmart, mm-hmm. uh, a dead end job, but I didn't, I didn't hate it, which was... Um, something new for myself. Mm-hmm. I thought I would hate working at Walmart, yeah. but that was just my expectation, really. Um, and I kept, I kept getting a lot of pressure from my parents, for sure, of, um, like, why don't you go back to school? Mm-hmm. Why don't you do something more? Um, people have always kind of told me that I'm smart, and I, I don't like that. <laughs> um, and I was doing a lot of, like, uh, praying, asking mm-hmm. the universe what I should do. Mm-hmm. And it was almost relentless how much the line, God gave us brains to use, just coming, <laughs> kept coming up over mm-hmm. and over and over. It was like every reading, yeah. every meeting, it was, it, was, um, it was a lot. And I was just like, I remember one night being like, fine, I'll go back to fucking school. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were like, that which you seek is causing you to seek. Yeah. Right? Um. So then my big thing was, if I'm going back to school, I'm going to at least make some money. And mm-hmm. I'm going to do something quick. I'm not going to do, like, the full four years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which is funny saying now. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, so I went to SATE for mm-hmm. uh, like petroleum eng tech. It was only a two-year program, mm-hmm. and I thought I could make some good money after it. Um, and I did very well. Um, I, I found that while doing school sober, it was, um, it, it came just quite naturally. If I just did mm-hmm. the work and like kept having faith, if I do the work, yeah. uh, things would work out. Trust it, the process. It, it definitely did. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where success is funny. Um, cause I, I knew and still know that I'm on the higher end of like the grading spectrum mm. and, um, I do quite well academically, though I don't like to admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad you're admitting it here, man. It's okay to be yeah. smart, and it's okay to do your work. Well, this is the, the funny thing is I don't, I don't think I'm very smart. For sure. And um, people say once I like got some degrees, like, oh, you must be so proud. I'm like, I feel like I didn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just where I'm at. That just makes us hate you more, by the way. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate you at all, man. I think you probably work harder than you're talking about. You're probably 
um, and you're obviously committed. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do put in the work, but I I know people put in a lot more work, and I'm not taken away from yeah. them. Right? It doesn't take away from other people to acknowledge that you also work really hard, right? And that you also have a pretty like functional brain. Other well, people are allowed to have theirs too. Yeah. I, I don't know, sometimes I definitely feel like I don't work as hard and I'm just kind of like mm -hmm. coasting on my uh, my good math brain. Yeah. Um, well, I for one am envious as fuck that you have a good math brain, <laughs> but yeah, I'll just pause there to say how jealous I am of that. Yeah. Well, it's it's really funny um, the way people think about math brains. It's like, oh, you're good at like multiplication and math, like simple mm. math and stuff in the head. I'm like, no, I'm terrible at that. I'm only good at algebra. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um like real like math stuff. Yeah. Like uh, the universal language math, that kind of math. Yeah, I'll show you a, a photo of what um, my last lecture was like. And it says like, are you sure this is math? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Um, I do not have a math brain, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I finished that state degree um, and oil was really bad at mm -hmm. the time. It was very hard to get a job. Yeah. Um, but it was very easy to transfer to U of C. Um, mm. and that, that was the path. And I thought, oh, I'll just keep, I'll just keep going it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll do another two years and then make some real money, mm. <laughs> some real money. So I was, I found myself back in engineering. Yeah. Um, and the, those next two years, I, I stopped caring about the money. I felt mm -hmm. like, um, I felt like I wanted to be more in renewables than anything else, mm -hmm. um, which was great. The program uh, I was in was energy engineering. Um, so there was a lot of oil stuff, but there was also some of the other. Mm -hmm. um, and I got lucky um, throughout that. I got to go to uh, Iceland and okay. go see their geothermal plants mm -hmm. for a school trip. And I got to do my capstone um, uh, with like a, a makeshift geothermal wall. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was very, uh, very grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Um, sounds like a pretty cool opportunity. Yeah. So I, I finished that degree, um, in, in COVID mm -hmm. at home, which is very weird to graduate at home. No doubt. That was <laughs> a strange time for a lot of things. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Graduating funerals, all kinds of stuff was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, oil was still bad. Mm -hmm. And every opportunity that I had for um, internship was like a series of unfortunate or fortunate, mm -hmm. how you see it, events of like not working out. Yeah. Um, I was supposed to work for a company one summer uh, and COVID happened like that year. Mm -hmm. um, so they said, we can't have you come in, but we'll give you this mo some money anyway. Mm -hmm. So I got basically free money and I didn't have to work. I could just got to keep doing school. Hmm. I was very fortunate. Mm -hmm. Right on. Um, but of course, my expectation of I want to work didn't pan out. Um, another one, I thought I was for sure getting this, this internship. Mm -hmm. um, like I kind of knew that I was on the short list and I was, I basically had the job and the company merged with another company that, that week <laughs> and that all went sideways. That's too much. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I just have kept having to go through school. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I remember thinking, like, it's fine. It's all going to work out the way it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it did. So I finished that degree. And uh, oil was still bad. Mm -hmm. um, COVID was kind of, we're kind of getting back to normal. But they weren't hiring too much. Um, and work was struggling. But my, my academic advisor... Um, had already talked to us briefly um, for the for that big project, mm -hmm. the geothermal. He said he needed uh, masters and PhD students. Mm -hmm. um, if you wanted to apply, like go ahead to our group, basically. Um, and I did. And after two months of not finding work, he reached out saying, like, "Hey, if you still want to do this, mm -hmm. you can." Um, and I, I pretty much jumped on it right away. Yeah. Um, one of the nicest things is they, I get paid at least a little. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I've, I can't undersell how grateful I am that mm -hmm. I, I keep getting to do something I, I feel like I care about. It's yeah. uh, going through grad school is um, uh, I don't know how to say it in nice terms. <laughs> it's um, I just keep thinking of hell, but I. Yeah. Never done it. I've only heard from people who have done it or are doing it. I feel like the, the bachelor's is more like, we're going to teach you this, and this is what you have to know for the, mm -hmm. the stuff. In grad schools, they just kind of throw you out and go, good luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Learn what you want. Yeah. And um, it's a lot of headbanging, mm -hmm. I feel like. Okay. And um, definitely a lot more stressful, I felt. Maybe I feel like there's just more, more riding on it, but I've been um, very grateful, and I've had a lot of... Uh, fortunate opportunities through it mm -hmm. all. Um, like I got to go to Norway last year for a couple months yeah. on a research project, which was um, all paid for. Um, That's killer, man. Yeah. And um, it's the life I have now is just so much bigger than I, I could have thought mm -hmm. that I, excuse me, um, would ever have of using if you told me I was going to, at least do an eng degree and then move on to a doctorate. No, mm. no way. Yeah, and then, no doubt. then travel overseas as well. <laughs> it's, um, life life is pretty simple, mm -hmm. like on the day to day, but it's still so much bigger mm -hmm. than I, I could have ever imagined. Well, you you opened a huge door once you stepped through it, like quitting drinking. Once you step through that doorway, the world is gigantic. Yeah, the universe is vast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no ending to what you can do. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's see where I am. Um, so, um, in COVID, in the, the schooling, um, I felt I, I've been going to, uh, I'd say, one or two meetings a week for mm -hmm. the most part through those years until COVID. Um, around that time, uh, a brother of mine uh, tried the program. Mm -hmm. um, like got, a sibling? Yeah. Okay. He got he got a year um, and then said he wasn't happy being mm -hmm. sober, and he's he's using now. Mm -hmm. um, I think like I don't I don't know if he is an alcoholic or not. Really, yeah. I I hope the best for him either way. Yeah. He he genuinely seems happier uh, now, and. Mm -hmm. um, that that was really hard on my um my father and I. Yeah. 
We, we feel like we're losing them, but we, yeah. we haven't. Yeah. Um, but it, we both know what um, we can only do so much, and um, yeah. hope that if he gets into a bad state again, we'll, we can be there. Mm-hmm. Um, the point was, I kept suggesting him to go to this uh, online meeting in the mornings because mm-hmm. it was every day. Yeah. Um, so I would go every day, mm-hmm. and just the, the hopes that I'd see him there. And it, uh, it stuck quite heavily for me. Mm-hmm. I, I pretty much do meetings uh, every day now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a trying time for myself, I felt, with um, how I was interpreting God in the program. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing how it works, though, man. Yeah. You've got to take care of yourself, brother. Yeah. Um, I would hear people talk about God and I, I would get angry cause I would project how I thought their God was mm-hmm. and how it's not like, um, my God. So I got like resentful at their God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I eventually started to see that it didn't really matter. What mattered was that these people were staying sober. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't for me to judge. There's thousands of gods, maybe, man. Yeah. Maybe zero, maybe thousands. Yeah. What's the, what's the point of, of fighting about it? Yeah. Right? Especially if it works for people. Like, that's how I've come to things. It, it wasn't their God in particular. Mm-hmm. It was more that I felt like I was working a program of action more. Mm-hmm. And their program was like, I give it to God and he does everything. And they I'm don't like, do this nothing. Is, this is fucking bullshit. Why does my God do this for me? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's untrue as well. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has to do the work. Yeah. Or, or we all go through the same consequences. Yeah. But so that, I've seen. That was just the problem of me only seeing the surface of the yeah. meetings. Yeah. Um, and I, I eventually felt feel like I've I've worked through that. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I feel like um, I'm I'm coming more to understand. Um, my higher power, mm-hmm. at least, um, I'm more comfortable praying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got, I got a sponsor this last year, like I said, Oh, right on, it, man. working with him has definitely helped with, um, the higher power. He got, he got me to do, um, like a help wanted ad mm-hmm. of like what your higher power would look like. Yeah. And, um, I feel like it's been a lot better since mm-hmm. then. Um, and now my, I feel like my faith is. It's still within the the program and staying mm-hmm. sober will uh, live a good life, but I also trust more that that's tied to um, higher power. Mm-hmm. That like my higher power wants me to do these things mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, yeah, when we start connecting with that power, it can be pretty pretty incredible. Yeah. Changes that happen in our lives, right? Yeah, I say that, and then. Uh, I so I, I just I said I started to do the the counseling again, mm-hmm. and um, I I felt like it was all my like anxiety, yeah. And we did like a test. He's like, uh, your anxiety and depression's like a little bit above, but it, what what's really happening is it seems like your stress level is like very very mm-hmm. bad, and um, I've I've been leaning very heavily into my my higher power. Mm-hmm. I felt um, a lot through the stress. Um, so I, I feel like, um, I, I've often done the run th- wrong thing in sobriety, uh, constantly fail, uh, 
constantly and not do the stuff that's suggested, but um, I think most importantly is I, I just keep trying, mm -hmm. keep reaching out for sobriety. Um, and then I want it um, that the more honest you can be, the better. If you're struggling, say it. Mm -hmm. uh, not feeling a reading, say it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, disagree with someone, tell someone you're struggling, say it. Um, so that, like attending meetings, is the only thing I feel like I've done. Mm -hmm. uh, well, there's there's no wrong way of doing things. Um, honesty, wanting this, and showing up will get you very far, in my experience. The mm -hmm. rest kind of just work themselves out. Right on. Yeah. Thanks, James. Yeah. You want, anything else you want to talk about? I felt that's, like you were winding down. So. That, that, that was the wind down. Okay. Right on, man. Um, yeah, I don't think I got too much else to tell. At least that I want to tell. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. How uh, how much further do you got to go in school before you're done? Mm, that's a loaded question. Yeah, is it kind of like it could be indeterminate kind of thing? Yeah, so this is um, this is part of the stress. Is um, My academic advisor got headhunted down south to mm. the States, and he's said that I could come finish my degree down there. Mm -hmm. And it's... Um, in terms of the money, it's very tempting. And it's also uh, getting a degree down there is beneficial for the career. Mm -hmm. um, I would have to do a bunch more schooling. Um, this is what something I talked about with the counselor is um, I have a lot of stress, but not because it's like make or break. Yeah, it's um, I'm very fortunate that my stress is I have a whole bunch of options. Mm -hmm. and. That stress is equally real, though. Yes. Yeah. It is, and isn't uh, it interesting how it's just like all good stuff, but the stress feels the same. Oh, yeah. Right. It's definitely, um, I've had a lot of this past like five months, a lot of stress of success. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd like to say, no, I'm, I'm, I've not coped well with it. It's mm -hmm. been um, uh, a tough time on my mental state, for sure. For but, sure. As it would be, right? Yeah. I think you've coped pretty well because you haven't picked up and you, you don't want to pick up. So that's a yeah. pretty big part of the prog the process, right? Yeah. And there's no telling how much stress you're going to have to go through in your life, man. Like that, that's the part of this thing that we don't get to know. Yeah. Right? And when things happen, we just got to be prepared as best we can, right? And not pick up. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so I still feel like it's a, that loaded question. Like if I go mm -hmm. down there... Um, it'll be a, definitely a couple of years to finish. Yeah. If I stay here, um, I'll be in Canada see next year, and mm -hmm. then it might take a year or two after that. Okay, right on. So where would you go down south? Uh, it's in Texas. Texas? Yeah. Ooh, Texas. Yeah. At least the weather would be nice. Yeah, that's a. Uh, there's a lot of benefits financially. Like you get, I get paid more. Mm -hmm. I get. Um, it's cheaper to live there. Yeah. And I don't have to pay tuition, so it's like a, it's like a lot of like. It'd be tough to pass that up, man. Yes, a lot right. of people have said I should do it, and um, I'm at the point where I still don't know. Mm -hmm. I I love I love the uh, the recovery here. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to um, want to run away from that. Well, and that I mean that's a good point, like because you ha you have obviously created a life for yourself here within the recovery community. Um, and that's awesome, but that's not going anywhere. Like, no. you could go down there for a couple of years, and they, I'm sure they've got a good recovery community. There's meetings just about everywhere, I'm imagining. In, yeah. where, whereabouts in Texas? 
Uh, it's called College Station. Okay. Yeah. So I imagine there's probably meetings there. Yeah. There is. So yeah, I know that, that is all like superficial. That that yeah. fear. Well, it's not. I'm not saying it's superficial at all, man. I'm saying like it's a real fear. Yeah. It's a it's a real fear, but like yeah. I know from my past experiences, like yeah. when I went to Norway, that AA is always going to be there. Always I, there, man. It's always uh, yeah. something to pursue, which is funny. The um, the only things I came back with from Norway are a card from the AA group yeah. that they gave me and uh, a 24-hour coin that I picked up just because it was in Norwegian. Mm. Right? Yeah. I know. I remember those those first years, like the first 10 years of travel, everywhere I went was like meetings were scheduled out, right? Because I knew I was worried. Like I was definitely worried for a long time. And then all of a sudden the worry just started to go when I realized no matter where I go, I can go. Like, yeah. Right? You just figured it out. It's like, fuck Mexico, I've been to Mexico, and I've been to the Alano Club. I just about every day go to a meeting when I'm there. Like, there's, it's totally up to us, right? Yeah. And I think that's the, that's part of the scary part, too. It's up to us, right? Because And we haven't, I don't know about you, but I did not come into these rooms trusting my decision-making, right? Like, yeah, I and, still, I still feel that way. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's, it might never leave, man. That's okay. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do stuff. It just means, like, okay, I got to be aware, right? Yeah. That, that there are things going on, um, but whether you stay or go, you got to be aware there's things going on, right? Yeah. Like because it uh, life continues. That's mm-hmm. one thing I've learned. It was just not stop, man. Yeah. Yep. That was uh, that was a hard revelation after a couple of years of sobriety. Is oh fuck, I still have a life to live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's true, man. But at least at least at eight, coming into the like your first decade of being sober, like God willing, right? Like you get there I, I know you'll be fine one day at a time right mm-hmm. but that that's about the next 10 years right it's about like what what's your life going to look like how are you setting up your foundation right because lots of people think 10 years is a long time and it is a long time when you come in and you don't have anything but 30 days or yeah. you don't have a day right 10 years is a long time but that 10 years is doing a lot of work inside us right yeah i've um I think it's even more so in um, the younger community mm-hmm. that comes in. Yeah. Um, like I'm, I still feel like I'm on the younger side of mm-hmm. AA. And um, how old are you? Thirty-one. You are on the younger yeah. side of AA. Yeah, I'm definitely just still on yeah. the younger side. Um, I didn't sober up till thirty, just so you know. Yeah. So and that that is most the case. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, and I think there is a little shift that um, the young people don't, um, it's harder to articulate, I feel. Um, mm. Like when I was in Germany, I, I, I had the, I went to some meetings there and there was mm-hmm. a whole bunch of younger people I felt like. Yeah. It was, um, the recovery community was really cool there. Mm-hmm. At least, I haven't seen the younger community here. I know it exists, I just, I don't know where it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm not 100% sure. No, I mean yeah. either. I'm a little older than that, so. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I was talking to someone, and he said there's a distinct difference between people that come in and grow up inside the rooms mm-hmm. versus people that come in and get their lives back together yeah. in the rooms. Yeah, it's huge difference. Yeah, yeah, and you know we all come start at different points, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not one to judge, but it's it creates this little rift that is so mm-hmm. hard to articulate to uh, yeah. the older crowd for sure. Yeah, for sure it is, and I mean. When, first of all, you're mixing a bunch of people whose personalities by nature don't get along, right? Like when you put us together, yeah. then you add generational differences to it. It makes it even worse, right? Mm-hmm. But the truth is, 
one of the reasons I, I, I have stuck around those meetings as long as I have is because of that, right? It's because I don't give a shit. You don't have to give a shit about me either. I like that, right? It's like you can be whoever you are. I get that. And you can do this however you want. And if you don't ask me for my opinion, I won't give it to you because it doesn't matter because yeah. it's just fucking hot air, right? Like my opinion of anyone else is just hot air, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, that's one thing I... I, I, I don't say a lot in the rooms. Um, I'm always grateful for people's experience, not always because I take away something from them, mm-hmm. but I learn what not to do. 100%, but that's yeah. taking away stuff, right? That's true. Yeah, and sometimes that's the lesson we can give each other, yeah. right? And, and I've learned to appreciate that. Like, oh, yeah. Very much spending time around people whose personalities are very contrary to my own um, usually breeds different opinions and all that kind of stuff too, and, um, and that's okay. Yeah. Like, I just, I like the fact that for an hour, we can all sit in the room together. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I know that it doesn't always extend out the, outside the rooms with people, and that's fine. But I like that, at least for an hour, all of us, um, quote-unquote, uncivilized alcoholics and addicts can sit down together and just be like, yeah, it doesn't matter, right? Like, for the most part. For the most part, <laughs> yeah. Of course, there's always, like, there's always things that happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes personalities get in the way. Yep. Right? Yeah. I always find when there's drama in the room, I get, I get very tense. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's not because I like care, but when I see other people like get upset mm-hmm. and tense, it like, it very quickly projects on me. Yeah. I feel like. Well, and it creates tension in the room, right? Oh and, yeah. And, and I've been, I've felt lots of tension in there from different stuff that happens. It's like, uh, cause all of a sudden now you've got these folks that wouldn't always get along. Now we're all tense. Yeah. And not all of us deal with tension very well. How quick the, for me at least, the resentment of like, how dare you make us feel this way? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. How dare you? This isn't the program. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think that the truth is it is. It's part of it. Yeah. Right? It's part of our journey, our process of becoming humans and accepting our humanness. Right? Yeah. After all those years we spent trying to avoid it, you know, um, whatever that looks like for each of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. James, thank you for coming on, man. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure. And you know what, dude? I won't be one more person to tell you what I think you should do about Texas. I will be the one person who says, man, you got to follow your heart, right? Yeah. And, and uh, no matter what you do, I, I have a feeling it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah I man. hope so. Thanks for coming on, dude. Thank you.